Father, we just come to you this morning. We look to you, Father, the author and the finisher of our faith. We look to you, Father, because you love us. We look to you, Father, because you're all-powerful. We look to you, Father, because you're always good. Whatever we may feel or experience on earth, it never changes who you are and your ways towards your children. They are always good to give us a hope, a future, an appointed end. So, Father, we come to you this morning. We surrender little Judah and Sister Betsy into thy hands, Lord. I pray your hand would be there upon both of them. You would bless them and empower them and strengthen them, Lord. Let your presence be their portion all the days of their life. Now, all of us come to you, Father, as we go to the hearing of the word. I pray you give us hearing ears, O Lord. A willing and an obedient heart, O Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So if you are ready, we'll go back hiking with uh, Elijah up the mountain. Yeah. First Kings chapter 18, verses 30 to 33. We've been looking at uh, altars. You saw the altar of Rehoboam. And uh, how a man who had a call of God upon his life, the same promise God gave Saul and David. No, not Rehoboam, sorry, Jeroboam. And you saw he was given the same promise. It's incredible, right, how God can give a promise to David and a promise to Jeroboam. Truly, he's not a respecter of mankind. And how a man had a promise like that. And he was not of the king's family. He's neither of Saul's family, nor of David's family. And he's been given ten tribes. Well, David's grandson gets only two tribes, and he could have made it. And how he goofs it up, and then you will realize he's judged right at the altar. <clears throat> so the altar matters. And then we saw how he repairs the altar. We saw the uncut stone. What does it mean? Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. <clears throat> Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sun. So we know he knows his word. He knows God's commandments. The stones cannot be dressed stones. It has to be uncut stones. And we also looked how we are living stones and the actual stone that God used first, the stone uncut by human hands, is Jesus Christ. When he came onto earth, he was uncut by human hands, but he was cut through his life by the Spirit of God. God is not saying, don't get it wrong, not saying that we remain uncut, but will not be cut by human hands. It's the Spirit of God who will circumcise our heart that we learn to love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our strength, and then it becomes easy to obey Him because that's the greatest uh, power where in the old covenant, love was death and love were put on par. Love is as strong as death. But the new covenant, love is stronger than death, stronger than that. So that is the that the, that's the message God was trying to give Israel through the uncut stones. Let's go down further. Verse 32. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seahs of seed. Then scripture says, 
he put the wood in order. Okay, he put the wood in order. He cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. So you will see something over there. Like I said, we are moved by what we go through. Our pain, our suffering, our struggles, our pressure. Most people, even believers, are moved by these things. And because these things push us, uh, (laughs) we try to rush through things. And we miss God's order. Like Israel has been waiting for three and a half years for rain. And finally they think there's an end to this solution. The whole day has been taken over by the prophets of Baal. They got the first chance, nothing happened. Now Elijah has got a little limited time before darkness falls. And you think he would rush through. But you cannot rush through. You cannot rush through. You know, rush through. God has his order. God has his order. You cannot rush through anything. And therefore today we will look at the first message on... Order. You cannot, this is the fundamental principle. We are looking for revival, we are looking for restoration, or you are somebody who is backslid, you want to come back. This is a nation has gone far away from God and they have to be brought back. But you cannot, you cannot circumvent or short circuit God's order. God has an order. You cannot, that's a principle here, okay? It's a principle which will work in this life. It will work in eternity. If you appropriate these principles, even if you do not know God, these are kingdom principles, it will work because that leads to success. But more than that, if you appropriate these principles, it will work for you in eternity. You will be successful forever and ever. Okay? So always remember, as believers, we are not looking at short-term gains. We are looking at long-term. You may not be considered successful in this life by the world. But you will be considered successful by God when He appoints you there and gives you charge. Okay, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be successful in this world, but you have understood the principles by which God uh, wants to frame you, and those principles you carry into eternity. Somebody who is incredibly successful in a financial, like Ambani or Pastor Vijay's Ralph Nadal in sports and all, no. But if they don't believe, they don't believe it's it is it's a waste in hell <laughs> no okay hell nobody is going to be used it's just darkness nobody is is going to be used in hell it's all a total waste of life so in this life from birth to death or from the time you're born again to the time god calls you home or he comes to take us we've been given a time to understand how the kingdom of god works I have see that those principles are forged into us or that becomes our lifestyle and then we take it to eternity. So please remember, whenever we are looking at the at the word of God, these principles work in this world too. But we are looking in terms of eternity. Keep your eyes fixed on Christ Jesus and then keep your thing, mind on things that are above and not on things below. Otherwise, what will happen is you can be incredibly successful, have that order, incredibly successful in this world, and then have a disastrous end. Let us look at that example one, and then we'll go. First Samuel chapter sixteen twenty three. Oh, sorry, Second Samuel sixteen twenty three, and Second Samuel 
Now the advice of Ahitophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the advice of Ahitophel, both with David and with Absalom. What does it tell you? This is a man who had order when he was brought up. He's an incredibly disciplined man. He grew up that way. He's learned his Torah. He understood the Torah. He understood the principles of worship, praise, prayer, to hear. He's got wisdom, understanding, every knowledge, everything he saw. So if you ask him a counsel, he can give you. And it is on the dot. On the dot. And that doesn't come overnight. It doesn't come to indisciplined people. You have to be incredibly disciplined in the word of God. Be able to give counsel like that. So he's a man of unbelievable order. Okay, order in the terms of, order also means discipline. Okay, unbelievable order. But you know, something gets into him. Something gets into him, into his heart. So this is the problem. Uh, though we know it is bitterness and hatred and all, deep inside, I believe it was contempt. So this is what happens in this Ivy League leftist universities, okay? They get head weight and they have contempt for the ordinary man. I believe he had contempt for David because he's a simple shepherd. He sings his songs, he worships, and this is this guy with a double PhD and all. He looks, okay, I have to serve him. No, like, no, it happens. It happens in this world too, right? It happens in the world too. You got this super degree and your boss is just an undergraduate. Though you say, yes sir, yes sir, three bags full sir, and all deep inside you have this enormous contempt. I should be sitting there, you know, I should, I mean, without my counsel, he's not going to go anywhere. So that kind of contempt is there, okay? And then this incident happens with Bethsheba, bitterness, hatred inside, and then you will see how he's not able to handle his ego, jealousy, everything. The devil sets him up in the next chapter, and I think it's the same words, 23, 17, 23, yeah. And now when Ahitophel saw that his advice was not followed, that's it, his advice, you know, ego. Okay, ego. I mean, you know, who didn't follow his advice? Absalom. He's saying, your father followed my advice all these years and this upstart, he doesn't listen to me. I'm giving you such counsel that your throne would be in your hands forever. His ego is hurt. What did he do? He saddled a donkey, arose, went home to his house, to his city, and then says, he put his household in order. He's still disciplined. He's still disciplined. Okay? He put everything in order. Everything, you know. I mean, he probably wrote his will and said, this is how I divide everything. Everything in order. And hanged himself. What a disastrous end of a disciplined life. He had incredible order. Incredible order. Okay? Please understand. Incredible order. It, the, the way it is written, look at this. He put his household in order and hanged himself. You know, this is what Isaiah comes and tells Hezekiah. This is what the Lord says. Put your life in order because you are going to die. Okay. Hezekiah is being told by Isaiah, put your life in order because God is going to call you home. This guy puts his household in order and he dies. He hangs himself. Commits suicide. Okay. So order is good. Okay. Order is good. Okay, it can maintain, bring a lot of success, but please remember, order is like the found, the pillars and the walls of a house. But what matters is, what is the substance inside? Okay, substance inside, ultimately. If you don't have walls, everything will be stolen, everything will leak away. 
you have to hold it together but what matters is also what is inside because mafia has incredible order criminals sometimes have better order than uh, you see how they are able to organize protests on the streets of us that's the leftist mafia whatever you want to call it those are radical communists and they have they can be organized just like this but you want to get 10 christians together is very difficult have a peaceful protest don't shout don't scream don't burn don't do anything just walk quietly they won't come so please remember this order okay criminals gangs they all have, because without order you cannot have uh, movement you need order you need order it's very very important you need order and our god is a god of order okay god of an order so thing is that often god is very very patient with us very very patient with us okay why because we are like little children we are like little children god is very patient with us because we are like little infants one thing about infants is they have no order okay no order they have only disorder even in their sleeping eating always constantly in a state of flux so that's why we have tired out worn out parents okay dot okay. worn out parents because children are like that they have no order they are infants they are on they have no order in their lives so parents are worn out tired okay so it just a taste of what god goes through every day sometimes when i look at you our infants then we look at that scripture god neither sleeps nor slumbers i wonder is it because we keep him awake all the time because we have no order okay he's god is looking that ten is under depression this is about to jump from the roof and that one is sleeping when he should be praying that is praying when he should be sleeping can god sleep <laughs> Okay. Only God can handle us. Okay, only God can handle us. So please remember, this is what it means. Basically, because you know, so you need to understand. You cannot have order unless you have rules. That's why even mafia has rules. Okay, rules, very tough rules, and it is very strictly enforced. You snitch on them, they'll kill you, and they will kill your family too. Okay, so they have very, very strict rules and strict punishments. okay like these people say abolish the police and all that okay and then and the abo- po- police is abolished and when a communist take over um, government takes over you have to see their rules and the punishment when you break it you and your family will be executed <laughs> okay so you need to realize no society can survive without rules okay so order is a result of rules that is why we have these two terms coming together law and order Okay, where there are no laws, you will not have order. Okay, so please remember. So when you are beginning, beginning on this journey of order, please remember we are looking in in terms not only short term but eternity. Okay, so think about itself as a building. Okay, you are building something. Look at as a child, as a or a believer who comes to the Lord as a building, because that's what God is doing. so you dig deep and you lay the first stone okay first stone it's a foundation stone in first corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 this is where our life begins 
If you are not saved, take it as a principle which will help you. But as kingdom person, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus Christ. So that's where we begin. Okay, where you begin. Why this is important is because what we are teaching is useful in the world too. You can appropriate kingdom principles. They will work anywhere. But we are not looking at temporary. We are looking at eternity. Eternity, how you sustain the interest is keep your eye on the price. Keep the eye on the price. That's why you have to read the seven letters to the seven churches and look at what is promised to the overcomer. And even to the most nonchalant, practically useless church called Laodicea, to them also it says, if you overcome as I overcame, you will sit with me on my throne and reign. So you have to keep your eye on the price. That is motivation. And we know we motivate our children too. Okay, you do this, you get this. You do this, you get this. You do this, you get this. Okay, motivation is there. And the greatest motivator is God. Greatest motivator. A believer doesn't need any more motivation on earth. He's already been motivated by heaven and something that is eternal forever and ever and ever. Okay? God doesn't put you on the, it's not like some boy who's going through cancer. The city police will say, okay, one day you will be city police commissioner. It's a nice thing. He's dying and he sits in the chair. He's seeing a photo of his take and next day he's back in his bed. God is not going to keep you on the throne for one day. This is not a photo op. It is forever and ever and ever. So please keep this in mind, what you are doing. So looking at that, every suffering, every pain, everything is worth it because of the price. Otherwise, we will not run this race. Okay, We will not understand and fight to bring that order, God's order in our lives. <clears throat> so when the great day of judgment comes, it's very close. It's a day of incredible joy or great disappointment for God's children. Okay, Both will be there. Disappointment also. Great disappointment and shame. When God is handing over eternal rewards, okay, and the best part of the eternal rewards is it's it's not like you're running a sweet shop with diabetes, but you have a new body where you never tire. It doesn't matter how much you like something, after some time your body is tired, your mind is weary, and you, you know, I can't. Okay, that's exactly what it meant that God gave them what they asked until it came out of their nostrils. They liked meat. Now they were throwing up meat. How much can you eat? But in that new body, there is no weariness. That mind, that soul in that body, there is no depression, there is no discouragement, there is nothing negative because you are not only the penalty and the power is over, you are away from the presence of sin. No temptation, no demonic, nothing. So that is the incredible thing we are looking at. No sin, no lethargy, no tiredness, an incredibly new body and the joy to do what you like forever and ever. The righteous thing which you like and God puts you into that. Okay? So that's where it comes. That is the importance of order. So let's get into the message. First Corinthians 14, 40, this is what Paul will say to the church in Corinth. Church in Corinth is like a ch uh, infant church, okay, infant, full of infants. It's, a, it's practically a Sunday school more than a church. Let all things be done decently and in order, okay. They are gifted, gifted, 
but no order like sunday pastor vijay was talking about the guy you know he would have he would have probably got the british open right that was the, no, no us open he would have probably got it but instead he was disqualified and if you look at his track record he always has that issue breaking bats and throwing bats and all he always had it and last time this time he was disqualified he was disqualified you know why simple is he gifted yes one of the gifted players did he reach no why he was disqualified why because he did not have that order in his life he did not have that order so remember corinth is full of gifted people chapter 12 is full of gifts in chapter 14 he's saying please have order let all things be done decently and in order and this principle has to be taken at an individual level okay and then it works in the corporate level okay you have you can be a gifted person have all the gifts of the holy spirit but have no order in your life no discipline the way god does things okay order doesn't come in one day it takes years to frame order okay order takes takes time okay takes time okay it's not easy okay and where there is no order what comes is confusion which leads to chaos okay but first like i kept saying understand purpose you can have order for the wrong purpose okay like all the demonic entities this incredible order in the devil's kingdom too this kingdom is not divided they have a hierarchy principalities rulers powers order is there but it's all for diabolical purposes demonic purposes so please never forget the purpose and the purpose is very clearly defined in the lord's prayer thy name thy kingdom thy will that's why we need the order it it can be turned around to have incredible order for my name my will and my kingdom that's how kingdoms are built you know corporate and giants how do they it's it's about them and they have incredible discipline and order incredible discipline and order in their lives okay so you have to realize that truth never lose it okay you're worshiping god not self you are praying for god's will and not your will okay you are exalting christ and not self and then fellowship is to bring unity and not division okay please understand once jesus was asked or not asked sorry warned by the pharisees in luke 13 and verse 31 he was warned on that very day some pharisees came saying to him get out and depart from here for herod wants to kill you and jesus replies interesting he says go tell that fox behold i cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow and the third day i shall be perfected so jesus says something over here he says the first and the second day i will perform cures and cast out demons and from peter we understand the spiritual second peter 38 if i'm right yeah 38 second peter 38 we understand what it means right beloved do not forget this one thing that with the lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day so we understand what is talking about jesus says the first 2000 years of the church history what he will be doing is casting out demons and healing his people body and mind making them whole and in the third day he will be perfected the order we are talking about 
we pray, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in. That's a prayer of the saint. When it will happen on the third day, that order will be established here. Okay? But to establish that order on earth during the third day, he's preparing a set of orderly people. Now, those are the ones who will reign with him for a thousand years. If I don't have order now, he cannot put me in charge of anything then. That does not mean you are not a child of God. You are just a child of God to whom authority cannot be granted because order has not been established in your lives. So the first two days, God is healing, casting out demonic, bringing, that's why Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is it in heaven? Everything is according to God's order. And that should be instilled in the believer. The kingdom grows and grows and grows and grows and takes over your entire life. The kingdom principle, the kingdom discipline, the kingdom order, the kingdom purpose is now taking over. And it is being built each day. So God says in Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10. How will be the day that day that is revealed? It will be like this. When he comes in that day. For what? To be glorified in his saints. And to be admired among all those who believe. Because our testimony among you was believed. He'll be glorified in his saints. Because in that moment, in a twinkling of an eye, Christ will be revealed in each one. And the glory will will differ. Saint to saint glory will differ. Meaning to whom Christ has been matured, full order has come. His glory will be different. From the one where Christ was not matured. So okay, so Christ will come to be glorified in his saints. And to be admired among those. And then people will realize. Ah, I never noticed you in church only. But you are glowing today. Wow. Never knew. You are so quiet, so silent. You never was noticed in church. Now you are being noticed by everybody. Because Christ is being admired in that person. Okay, so please, nothing you see today on YouTube and TV is real. Another day of revelation is coming. Live telecast will be there that day. Okay, without um, cameras. God will do it. Okay, so everything that God is doing is to form Christ in us. And because of that, we have the Old Testament as a shadow. We need the Old Testament. A lot of Christians sadly ignore the Old Testament. And uh, I understand they ignore the Old Testament because they believe it's just history or they think it's too difficult to understand. Okay, But Old Testament is how we understand the New Testament. One is a shadow. Okay, And one of the most detailed instructions God gives in the Old Testament is in the, on the mountain when Moses is with him, is how to build the tabernacle. The most detailed instructions is given there. The whole tabernacle. And it is an entire study of how God works in his children in the new covenant. In Hebrews 9 and verse 24, this is what the writer of Hebrews understands the principle. 9.24 Hebrews 9 and verse 24. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true. So what was on earth? It's a copy. right? It's a copy. 
but into heaven itself. So there is something in heaven and Moses was told to make a copy on earth. Now Moses cannot enter into heaven. We cannot enter into heaven and study, but we were given a replica on earth. It's a copy. Now, to study, you only need a Xerox copy. Oh no, I like this news. No, no, no. That is because you're fascinated by the cover, not by the substance. The substance in the Xerox copy is, you can learn from both. (laughs) Okay. If you can understand the copy well, okay, you will understand what the true is. So God gave us a copy. And the copy is important. And we know from the copy that was given, very, very clear, very, very clear demarcation that was given is that you have a camp. In the middle of the camp is the tabernacle. Okay? And everybody, especially these people, all had come from Egypt. And the great god of Egypt was the sun god. Okay? That is why the ninth, ninth, uh, Plague is a plague of darkness, three days of darkness, okay, three days of darkness, meaning for three days, one set of people will be always dark, even under Jesus' rule, at the end they will go against Jesus. So that darkness will cover the earth, even when Jesus is ruling, there is a darkness in the hearts of men. They will enjoy his prosperity, they will enjoy the success and everything, but they are rebels inside. So when Satan is released at the end, they will still in the multitude like sea. Uh, sand on the seashore, they will gather. Meaning, this is the darkness that covers this world for three days. Okay? So, the judgment is against the sun god. So, everybody who has to enter into God's camp had to come through the east gate. So, your back is turned to the world, its principles, everything, all the ideas that frame this world. You enter. But when you entered into that, when you came to the tabernacle, it was divided into three portions very easily. Am I speaking too fast for my children? Around the world, okay. The outer courts, the holy place, and the most holy place. That's why the detail is given like that. Three parts. Now in the new covenant, we understand that was the shadow. We are looking at the substance. First Corinthians chapter 3, 16 and 17. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 3, 16 and 17. Do you not know you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? Suddenly we understand what it was. Okay. The entire complex was called the temple. Okay. Outer courts, holy place and most holy place. Then when you look in the mirror, you realize I have an outer court, which is my body and I have an inner court, which is the soul, the holy place. And I have my spirit, which is the most holy place. And God says, we talked about all three. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Okay? If you go to 2 Corinthians, it will make it corporate. 6 verse 19 and 20. Chapter 6, 19 and 20. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, where it talks about you are the temple of God. Okay, got it? I think it's first. Uh, it's first Corinthians, sorry. Yeah, not second, first Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Got it? Therefore come out, uh, yeah. No, no, no. 
Okay, 19 and 20. Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Okay? Like I said, the body is like a wallet which has the credit card and the debit card. Okay? So your body has the soul and the spirit. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's ownership is established. So we understand why so much detail was given in the Old Testament so that the new covenant believer would understand the importance God attaches to the body, the soul and the spirit. Okay? This is, this is the tabernacle. This is the order. So you have to have order in, if you look at the Old Covenant, they had to have order in all three places. All the, and First Thessalonians 5.23 says, the God of peace shall sanctify your spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So you need to realize you cannot have sanctification work work really well if you don't have order. If you don't have, like we have the AC on. How much the AC will work if you leave the windows open? Like my dear wife does and I said the neighbors are thanking you for cooling their house. I always pull her legs. Okay. But she forgets. She'll, okay. She'll, some Kriya, they'll get it at the end of the message, okay? Think about it, okay? Right? No? Imagine you are sweeping the house with the fan on. No? So, sanctification work, it's not that the Spirit of, you know, we are not hearing the Word of God and the Holy Spirit is not doing. But because we do not have order, we are sweeping and sweeping and the dust is just flying around because we do not have order. Okay, so God says, it really matters. Order really, really matters. And we, we, we'll start with the body. Okay, we'll start with the body. Okay. In the old covenant, that's why we learned the old covenant patterns in Romans 12.1. Okay. It is the outer courts. Okay. 12.1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Your body. Okay. Living sacrifice. That's where the altar is. Okay. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And there are two words mentioned over there. One is holy. The other is acceptable. Acceptable means, holy means is the, the sanctification work. Acceptable means you need to have order. In today's context, you need to have order in your life. When you offer your bodies to the Lord, allow the Holy Spirit to work order in your life. We have to bring order into the outer courts. First, is the body, outer courts. For that, we have to be very careful that we understand the difference between legalism and order. Law and order. Law can bring legalism. We can become a legalistic like the Pharisee. Okay? Like the Pharisees. Okay? That's why Jesus says, learn from them, but don't be like them. Okay? One is based on the letter of the law. That is legalism. Okay? The other is based on the spirit of the law. Order is based on the spirit of the law. The order is not sacrosanct. Okay? You have an order. Like currently in my life I have an order. Changed order. You wake up in the morning. You spend a couple of hours with the Lord. Okay? Now, okay. Now tomorrow the Lord says, I want you to wake, I want you to sit up through the night and go to sleep in the morning. No, that's my law. I will not change it. 
Okay, please remember, the king is under no law. So the Holy Spirit can overrule any law in your life. Overrule any law in your life. Okay, overrule any law in your life. So you need that order, but that order itself should not become an idol. In legalism, the law becomes the idol. It is not God. The entire purpose of the law was to point you to Christ, so Christ sets you free. But in the legalistic, it's not Christ. The law is the the one who is your God. So you have to be very, very careful about these things, legalism and order. One brings life, the other brings death. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. One brings life, the other brings death. Legalism brings death. While order, the spirit brought order brings life. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. I'll tell you, all these things are there. Okay, we have, I mean, we're not uh, condemning or anything. Uh, lot of people do this 40 day Lent fast. They stop drinking on that, that day or they, they get drunk the day before Lent begins, and then 40 days they maintain it. And then the 41st day, they go back to their old lifestyle. Okay? And if you ask them, they have the rigorous 40-day fasting, which is legalistic. Well, on another man may not keep that 40 days at all, but he fasts when the Spirit of God tells him. And he neither drinks nor smokes, and he has no issues with any of these vices. Okay? One is legalistic, the other is Order is God order, and his order is determined and set by God, set by God and not by man. Okay, man, that's the difference. Legalism is when it is the when Jesus said, "You follow the doctrines of men, the laws set by men." Here, you follow the doctrine of Christ. Doctrine. I have met so many people who have fasted for forty days, so many times, and I said, "As far as I know, Jesus fasted only once." And Moses fasted only twice. Why do you have to fast this way? Every year I fast for 40 days. I said, for what? For what? That's my order. I mean, it's nothing wrong in it. Better fast for 40 days than drink for 40 days. I mean, if you look at it, I prefer fasting. Go that way. There's another fellow who will say, I drink for 40 days. No, don't go that way. That is his order, which brings disorder. Okay? So the letter kills. The spirit gives. Life. Second one. Second Corinthians 3.15 and 16. One blinds while the other gives sight. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Legalism blinds. But the spirit given order brings light. It opens your eyes. One brings liberty. The other brings Bondage, verse 17. Okay? The Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Legalism brings bondage. Okay? Brings bondage. While the Holy Spirit brings, or the Spirit brings liberty. And verse 18. Where you have God's order by the Holy Spirit, God is able to change us in the image of Christ Jesus, while the other man, the inner man, actually remains never changed, unchanged. Though he follows religion, deep inside he is unchanged. He's still the same old, carnal, nasty person. 
never changes. Because the outward man has order, inward man is not changing at all. We all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory to glory. Why is God able to change him? Because he's got the spirit's order. Not the legalistic framework. He's got an order in his life which is the spirit. And that is the difference. Paul of Saul of Tarsus was a man had the legalistic order and he was a Pharisee of Pharisees and went around killing Christians. And then God met him. When God met him, he's, that legalism changes into spirit's order. And he goes around bringing life to, and he is changed from glory to glory to glory. How? The man. Saul of Tarsus and Paul are two different people all together. One is legalistic, the other has the discipline of the Holy Spirit. So that's what God is talking about. So every area we have to be very, very careful. Okay, You can be extremely legalistic in everything or the danger is you can be extremely liberal when you don't have God's order. What do they say? This is what Paul is talking about. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful, expedient, profitable. All things are lawful for me, but all not all things edify. So you have to be very, very careful. Okay, I'm not under the law. I'm not a legalistic person. The first question you need to understand, ask is that if I do this thing, how does it help the kingdom of God? Does it edify me? Does it edify the church? It may be totally permissible. Totally permissible. There's no law against it. But that's not, you are not under the law, you are under the spirit. You're not under the law, you are under the spirit. So when you are under the spirit, you have to always ask this question. How does it help the kingdom of God? How does it edify me? How does it edify the body of Christ? Okay, so you shouldn't go on to the other extreme. Okay? Therefore, the opposite of order is confusion and chaos. And we all know this. You know, all of us who drive know this. You know? We drive smoothly, but when the gears clash, we grind our teeth. <laughs> Along with the gears. No? You know that sound that comes? Whether it's a two-wheeler or a four-wheeler, that sound that comes. You know, But when the gears are moving smoothly, you know what? The vehicle also moves. That is what order does in your life. That's what order does in your life. Like I said, even the king, the devil's kingdom has order. Otherwise, he won't be able to function. One of the first things which God teaches us, okay, for the unbeliever, Romans 1.20. Everyone begins as an unbeliever. Nobody begins as a believer, okay? Even if you're born in a Christian family. For the, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. One of the first things we notice about the universe he has created is order. You know, you can, like today is what? September the 22nd. You can, they can, you can predict on what day on December, th- January 2021, January 1st, what time the sun will rise and what time the sun will set. You can predict it accurately. It will give you 6.13 in the morning. Okay. That's the 
order and the symmetry of God's kingdom. Okay, order of God's kingdom. One of the first things we look up and we look around is the incredible order that God has in his creation. Order has creation. The invisible attribute. One of the primary invisible attribute we need to realize is that uh, it's the order in which he has created everything. There is a very clear, specific order. You know? So, when God is talking about the temple, he gives it very, 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 very detail. Let's look at that for a minute. Exodus chapter 31, verse 1 onwards. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, <clears throat> I have, oh yeah, verse 2 onwards. See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Okay? I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all man. Why did God have to do all this just to build a tent? Because he's building something which is a copy of something above and that order has to be followed. To get first, the first fundamental lesson we learn here is that if we do not have the spirit of God, we cannot have God's order in our lives. God's order. Okay, the spirit of God is first. Then in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, all manner of workmanship. Verse 4, to design artistic work, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting of jewels, for setting, in carving wood, to work in all manners of workmanship. And indeed I have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ashmak, uh, Ahisamak of the tribe of Dan. I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. The tabernacle of meeting, the ark of testimony, the mercy seat that is on it, all the furniture. Yes, the table, its utensils, the pure gold lampstand, its utensils, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offerings with all its utensils, the labor and space. So all the three areas are included. When you come to verse 9, these are things which are outside. Outer courts, okay? The garments of the ministry, the holy garments for Aaron, the priest, the garments of his sons, the minister has priests. And the anointing oil, the sweet incense, according to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. So God is saying, you know, you see, he says, there has to be order. You cannot do as you feel, as you please. You will be given the Holy Spirit, you will be given wisdom, you will be given understanding, you will be given skill. So what you do on earth, what you do on earth will be a copy of what is in heaven. What is in heaven. Okay, so in the outer court, the first thing we run into is actually the altar. Okay, if you come to Leviticus chapter 1 and verse 7 and 8. Okay, Leviticus 1, 7 and 8. The sons of Aaron, the priest, shall put fire on the altar and lay the wood in order on the fire. So why should, what difference does it make? God says it does make a difference to me. Put the wood in. Order. You cannot rush Elijah. You cannot rush Elijah. Lord, we've been waiting and the time is running out. Put the wood in order. Okay. And the priests, Aaron's son, shall lay the parts, the head, the fat, in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar. Okay. So everything is said. First there is the altar. Then there is the fire. Then you place the wood in order. Then you cut the animal and place the animal in order. 
So think about our offering ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. God says, you are offering yourself as a sacrifice, but your total disorder. Where is your order? Where is your order? No? Where is your order? Okay? Chapter 6 and verse 12. Okay? And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. And lay the burnt offering in order on it. Meaning, every day they needed the order. It's not that one day. On the day atonement will have great order. Rest of the days. He says, no. Every day that order will work for you. And it will. it's only in that order you come to me. Every day. Every day. It's one of the things I learned in the past few <laughs> weeks with God because usually Monday is our day off, you know. And so you'd think, you know, I will sleep a little longer. It simply doesn't work with God. So I said, what sleep longer? <laughs> Who told you it's an off day? <laughs> you declared Sabbath, huh? <laughs> Can I realize why he's are open again on one day before four? Okay. Okay, so God is... Telling us these things are important. God says, no, when you offer yourself, no, I know, I know, I mean, he's not rejecting us, but he says, don't fight. No, sometimes you say, Lord, why are you not answering my prayers? He says, I heard your prayers, but I'm working order in your life first before I answer your prayers. Because if I answer your prayers now before you have order, you will just mess it up. Lord, I need a breakthrough. I'm waiting for Lord. You know my need. I need five lakhs. He says, first get Five disciplines in your life. Otherwise, that five lakhs will be over in five days. <laughs> swipe, 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 and all one queue of Amazon vendors are outside your gate with parcels of different size. Come on, why you have no order? I mean, honestly, I have watched people over this years. Lot of people go through financial crisis. You simply do not have financial order in their life. Order is one of the things. I'm just, I'm not boasting or anything or this thing. I looked at Sister Anne's life. Okay, she's a single mother. She struggled when her husband passed away. She struggled mother with one child. And she works with Gideon. She's not working with the IT corporate and all. But I watched her. She lives in a one-room little place. She struggled. She sacrificed. She saved. And she was faithful in her giving everything and all. Prayed her way through. Then her son has to go to U.S. He gets his interview call. Okay. And you know what? Uh, even on the last day she said, Pastor, what should I say? Just go as it is. Because she has, she hardly has any balance in the bank account. Okay? And then she, finally in that interview, he looked at him and said, you have no money. <laughs> but he got his visa. What is this? And one of her prayers was, Lord, when I send my son over there, I should not be in debt to anybody. You know what? Everything was covered within the money she had. Within the money he had, his fare, his everything, even his fees, everything which part of it which she had to pay, everything came within what she had. You know why? Because she looked at her resources, she looked at her life and said, you know what, I will live, I will bring order into my life. And God honored her son for that. Her son is sitting there in US, in a college, and if you look at her mother, she doesn't, simply doesn't have the money. 
to actually send somebody to study in U.S. But how did it all work it out? Because of years of financial discipline, of order, living. And I'm telling you personally because I know even when she buys meal, she buys 250 grams every time she buys for years and serves it to her son. And he's sitting in U.S. today because the mother was so careful that even when you bought your meat, it was not 2 kilos, it was 250 grams. Okay, you need to realize and admire people like that. Admire people, you have order in your life. You have order in your life and God will, you know, who you honors, you know, God can bless that person. Bless that person, no? And we, we, we don't realize why is that Christian struggle. God doesn't have a printing press in heaven where he prints notes and sends over. He's just everything that you need, you already have. But I cannot release it into your hands because you do not have order. You do not have order. Okay? And these are principles which we have to learn. We have to learn. We cannot skirt these things. <coughs> okay? Then if you go to the holy place, in uh, chapter, uh, Exodus 39, 37. Yeah, just, just let me look at verse 37. It didn't come here. Yeah. The pure gold lampstand with its lamps, the lamps set in order. Okay. All its utensils and the oil for light. If the lamps had to be set in order. You couldn't have your own order what you wanted. I mean, nobody is going to see this. This is not for public com- consumption. At the most one or two priests entered that place. So how does it matter? And this is one of the things which I keep telling, you know. <laughs> You'll say, okay, the camera is on this side. That side does not matter. But is this for man or is this for God? If you are so careful to see everything is in order, this side with the camera is there and that side is total disorder. God says, what, you divided my house? House of order and house. So, so you have honored man more than you have honored me. Like who is going to see this? But God said, this is for me. I see it. I see it. Okay, order. Exodus 40. Verse 4 and then verse 23. 4-0. You shall bring in the table and arrange the things that are to be set in order on it. The table was made in such a way as far as I understand that 13 loaves won't fit. There are only 12. Okay. The bread has to be set in order. You can't make your own order. Oh no, I like today this pyramid formation. I'm going to pyramid. Next day I'm going to make a rectangle. Then obtuse. And God says, no, I have my order. <laughs> yeah? It is like young people. One month it is mohawk. Another month it is long. Next month it is on to the front. You look at their head, there is no order. Like, like I said, like after the fellowship yesterday, I mean, um, Sunday, this thing I said, no? I, this is the young girls, all of them are standing. I said, take a look at all my boys, I said, except for one who is not in GSS, therefore it shows on his head. Look at everybody's head, it's the same. Everybody, and nobody has to tell them. Everybody's head, look at it, it's the same. Every man, except 
one boy who <laughs> went from order to at the disorder is showing on the head. And the entire service was sleeping. And because social distancing was there, nobody woke him up. <laughs> so the disorder went from the head to the brains. And he slept. Okay, I'm not saying these things, but these things actually, in the long run, these things matter. These things matter. Okay, we don't realize, because we are not running, see how people will cut their uh, hair and keep it minimum if they were selected for a uh, Olympics. Right? Or if it's a four-figure salary job where they say this is the criteria. You can't, you can't have long hair. And for money, people will cut anything. <laughs> no issues. No, no issues. And God is saying, you are running for something that is eternal. So God says, did you see the order? Verse 23. No. And he set the bread in order upon it. The next word is the key, before the Lord. Whatever you do, you have to remember it is before the Lord. This is a Lord God of incredible order, Lord. So please let me have your order in my life. Help me, Lord, because I want to live my life before you. That's exactly what God is telling Abraham. Walk before me and be blameless. Have an order. Okay. One minute I give you a promise, your second exit. Second minute you listen to your wife and you bring disorder. What is this? Have some order. Some order. Walk before me. Be blameless. Bring order into your life. And you will see, you know. So you will see, you couldn't do whatever you wanted. Right? Even the altar of incense could only have that five ingredients in its absolute. And you couldn't change the ingredients. You couldn't change the ingredients. You change the ingredients, the problem is... Then we will, uh, we will, we will wonder what is the issue if there is no order. The issue if they did not have order was this. If they did not follow the order, the sacrifices were never accepted by God. You will feel very satisfied and walk out without realizing your sin is uncovered. There's no covering for your sin. Because there's no order in your worship. I'm talking about the old covenant pattern. There is no order. If God had to accept their sacrifice, it has to be in God's order. Right? Lord, I have this thing. God says, wait a second. Didn't I give you an order? Come through that living way I have made you out of court, the holy, holy place, but only one way. Come through my son. There's no other, no other way. Absolutely one way. He has made a living way. What is the outer courts? Christ Jesus' life. What is the holy place? Christ Jesus' life. What is the holy place? Most holy place it is. You can only come through that way. You don't skirt that order. And you come through the gateway of mercy before you reach the throne room of grace. There is a gateway of mercy. First mercy and then grace. You cannot skirt order. And if you skirt order, what happens is your sacrifice is not accepted. And if it is not accepted, what happens? Your sin is uncovered. And then your enemies have power over you. They will ultimately overpower you and enslave them. And that's what happened to Israel. That's it. 
And that's one of the lessons David learned. Remember bringing of the ark? Look at First Chronicles 15.13. I don't know how it is in NKJV, but let's look. First Chronicles 15. Chronicles 15.13. Yeah. Because you did not do it the first time, yeah, let's go to, uh, yeah, that's it, that's it. Do the first time. The Lord, our God, broke out against us. Why? Because we did not consult him about the proper order. There was not a single, what you call it, single uh, intent in his heart which was false. Everything was right. He was so happy. He wanted to bring the ark. He had these 30,000 men, the priests, everything, new cart, everything. Only problem, you didn't go and ask God, it's your ark that is being brought to Jerusalem. What is your order? David replaced God's order with his own order. And a man died. It should have been the most exciting day in Israel's history thus far. And it became a sad day. Because a man died. Why? Because you did not follow God's order. You know? and that's why we have to understand the importance of these things. These things are serious. These things are serious. And God says, you know what? I have great plans for you. Everyone. He's a father. He does not have bad plan for this child and good plan. for. He has good plans for every child. But the problem is, a lot of people say, but nothing is happening. God said, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting to get some order in your life. I'm still waiting. No, I'm still waiting. And Nadab and Abihu learned it the hard way. Right? They were offering incense. But God took it as profane. Why? They did not. Whatever they goofed up, we don't know. It was not God's order. Either it has got to do with the incense or it had to do with the vessel or it has to do with the fire. One of these three they goofed up. If the incense was right, the vessel was wrong. If the incense and vessel was right, they took fire from unauthorized place. Somewhere they goofed up. Okay, there are three things that is there. One is the incense, the second is the vessel, and the third is the fire. So God says, you know what incense means? It is your praise, your prayer. Okay, your prayer has to be right. Your vessel that is praying has to be holy. And it has to be empowered by my spirit and not by me of flesh. Then I will receive you. I will receive. Then I will answer you. Otherwise you don't want my answer. My answer could be judgment. You don't want my answer. You know, so God says there is an order, but thank God God is the Father, so He doesn't judge us so fast. Okay? So to understand God's order, please remember. Now we are talking about a living life. It's not an old testament tabernacle which was more like a place, no. We are talking about a New Testament tabernacle which is a living person. Okay? You are the temple of God. And you are trying to bring order into that temple. So to have a temple, to have an order, living you have you need a model. And the model is always Jesus Christ, not any man. Not even Paul. Though Paul will say imitate me as I imitate Christ. When I am not imitating Christ, don't imitate me. That's the unwritten part. John 1 and verse 14 will talk about our model. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why do we look at Jesus? Because he was the word that became flesh. We are all flesh, trying to become the word. All born in the flesh, saved by the word. Now we have to become the word. He was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. 
and we beheld his glory. He is the model. Okay? If, if I have to bring order in my life, I need to look at a person who has order. I cannot look at a disorderly person and say, I want. you can't learn from them. No? You cannot learn from them. No? You cannot learn from them. If you come to me for math, you will not learn math. I'll give you a lecture on English. But you go to Pastor Vijay, he will teach you math. Because he had that order for math, had the order for literature. So you have to be very careful to whom you go. But the best model we have is Jesus Christ. He is the model. Okay? He is the model. First, we need to have a model. Order. Okay? You have to. So God is talking to 40 days. You will wonder, what was he doing for 40 days? God is giving him revelation and vision and revelation and vision about the temple in heaven. So he's coming back and uh, all these people are making, the artisans are all making over there and Moses will come. And, no, 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 not a little more, little more to this thing. Uh, why? He's the one who knows. Okay? Michelangelo was one shaping a statue. Okay? I mean, he's one of the the greatest, they say, no? So, he was shaping in the, um, in the early, in the early, the artisans all rise up early in the morning, no? and he was working. One of his friends was passing by, or some counter who was passing by, and says, hey, that nose looks a little crooked. The folly just then he walked away. Then evening, this guy was coming back. Eight hours or nine hours later, and he found he was still working on that nose. Still working on the nose. Because I'd come and said, okay, the nose is not right. Eight hours on a nose. Gently chipping, chipping, chipping until it was to his satisfaction. Now thinking about how God is working on us to his satisfaction. I've heard this story. I don't know how true it is. The Statue of Liberty had come from Italy, I think. France to U.S., right? It was U.S. and it was brought many, many years ago. I don't know when it was brought and this thing. How old is the Statue of Liberty? I do not know. Huh? No, not... Okay. So the story I've heard is that the Statue of Liberty was made by whichever artisans, artisan, artisans, artists, before helicopters and all were made. Yet they say if you check the head, it is so clear. Even when they were making, they knew nobody would see the head. Now you have helicopter tours when you can look and see how beautifully the top is done. Which no man, when he was making it, ever thought anybody would see it. Think about it. These are human things. And look at God working on somebody which is to be an eternal object of glory. Okay. Every child of God, God wants you to be an eternal object of glory where even angels will look at and say, wow, now we understand why God spent so much time on you. You reflect Christ. You, are, you reflect Christ. Okay. Like I said, unless we value these things, we will not. So we have a model, only one model, the real model, that is God himself became flesh. Okay. If you look at this, Word dwelt, the actual word is tabernacled. Dwelt. He came. So he is the tabernacle. He is the tabernacle. Okay. Their tabernacle, all instructions were given how to make a tabernacle. He is the tabernacle. So he is our model. So model, you have to be very, very clear. You have the right model. Second thing, once you have the model, that is the structure. 
Okay? You need to be very, very clear you have the right purpose. You have a right model with the wrong purpose. I want to imitate the discipline of Jesus Christ and to be like Ambani. Every successful person, if he's not crooked, every successful person in the world had discipline. Otherwise, you will never remain successful for long. You all had discipline. In any field, they had discipline. Okay, if you look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 to 7, very clear, absolutely clear. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and burnt offerings you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. What is that? I said, behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. The purpose should be very clear. Lord, I have a model that is I'm imitating the life of Jesus Christ. I want that discipline, that order, and I have very clear the purpose. It is to do your will. Because you can have incredible model and do your will, and not God's will. Incredible order in your life and do your own will. And Jesus said, no, not my will, but your will. So get this clear about these are fundamental things which you take it into eternity. So remember, Christ is the head. Romans 11 and verse 36. That is where our eyes are on him. Our eyes are on him. Romans 11, 36. Understand the reason. For of him, through him, to him are all things. Don't forget this. This should be your personal mission statement. Lord, whatever I do should be of you, through you, and unto you. Unto you. Okay? why I am working on order in my life for you, through you, and unto you. That order also I will offer to you as a sacrifice. It is for you. It is not that people would say, wow, what a disciplined man. No. This is not about me. This is about you. This is about you. So Jesus is the way. God sent his son. And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. And we saw in Corinthians 3.11, he is the foundation stone. He is the foundation stone. Right? We saw 3.11. No other foundation. Ephesians 2.20, there is another set of people, okay, who works on that foundation. That foundation stone, somebody works on it. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Christ is the cornerstone. And the rest of the foundations are built by whom? The apostles and the prophets. Okay. Now the apostles and the prophets actually will lay the foundation. Once a foundation, okay, you, you go to a classroom like we have done. You know the students have come with a good foundation. And the kids who do not have, especially with uh, subjects like math and all. The ones who have a good foundation, they don't need, they hardly need help. They hardly need help. They will study on their own and when they have little doubts and all, they will come and ask you. But those who don't have a solid foundation, you struggle with them. Because the problem is, first you have to teach them foundations. While the rest of the class is moving onward with the subject, you are trying to teach foundation here. Because he came without foundation. And the same thing happens in the kingdom of God. Because people don't have foundations, they don't go forward. So this is the primary work of the apostles and the prophets is to lay a very strong foundation. 
if you do not have foundation it doesn't matter how much you read and how much you listen your life will be still messy it is a haphazard construction like like crazy constructions you see these days no you not i mean no? this no and yeah postmodern they call it no i mean it's eyesores they are okay. i don't know how they stand over there no we feel if we blow it will fall off you know you know why because now look at this what happens over there in hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 to 3 the problem therefore leaving the discussion of elementary principles of christ let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation these are foundations the problem is when people do not have foundations and if you look at in most churches the preaching is still based on the foundations repentance from dead works faith towards god's doctrine of baptisms laying on of hands resurrection of dead and of eternal judgment and this we will do if god he says because your foundations are so weak you are not able to go on to perfection if you look no if it's, it's if you look at like this pandemic and post pandemic or continuous effect you will see so many places construction has stopped there is no money and no workers workers all ran away they are trickling back and there is no money okay and you will realize god's construction has stopped almost all over the world in the church because there is no foundation why are people sitting between two opinions why is it so difficult for the christians to choose between trump and biden because there is no scriptural foundation at all absolutely Christians don't need to know whether it is the pandemic or the stock these are not issues in the kingdom of god <laughs> why are people so confused christians i'm not talking about the other why are christians so confused you know why because they have no foundations therefore nothing was built about it they're still thinking like the pagans what to eat what to drink what to wear no foundations when we do not have foundations we cannot go onward to perfection whenever people hear the word perfection they will say heresy 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 i didn't say it is written you know philippians 3 and verse 13 one of the fundamental principles of the kingdom of god we need to realize 313 brethren i do not count myself to have apprehended he says not that i have reached perfection but one thing i do forgetting those things which are behind reaching forward to those things which are ahead one of the things in the kingdom of god which is not acceptable is reverse gear you don't go back you go forward you don't go back you don't go back and lay the foundations all over again dependence by faith faith towards you see your foundations are solid now start building once jesus comes lays the cornerstone your faith your end Entire structure is based on that. You are saved by grace and grace alone. After that, the prophets and the apostles come and lay these six foundations. They build, and after that, he says, "You build." Now you build on it. That's not the prophet's job. That's not the apostle's job. That's your job. Be careful how a man builds. Gold or silver or precious stones or wood or hay and straw. Be very careful. You build. you build now you build he says so everybody has to work the first work the most important work only god can do that is the saving part from your sin the penalty of sin was paid by jesus that's a cornerstone after that you build 
the prophets and the apostles. The apostles come and come and lay this thing and all. That's why the church gathered for the apostles' doctrine every day. They are building a very, why was the Jerusalem church so strong? Because the foundation was very strong. And whenever they went in error, the apostles stood up, not as an apostle, as a prophet and said, this is wrong. That is Paul in Galatia. You are wrong, Barnabas, you are wrong, Peter. That's not an apostle speaking to an apostle, it's a prophet correcting the apostle. Okay, so that was the work they did. That was the work they did. We did all these ministries. But after a point, we will realize that, you know what, I can build. The foundations are secure. I've dug deep, I've built my foundations, I'm able to go forward. You don't go back. You don't go back. No, no. You know, in practical, nobody digs up the foundation again. Nobody does. Foundations are secure. Nobody does, right? No, you know, I need to. I am not sure about this foundation. I need to break this and go down and check again. Nobody does that. But that's what believers do. For years together, they're building the foundation, the foundation laying on. One one apostle comes, mystery comes and lays a foundation. Two days later, that is removed. Another mystery comes and lays another foundation. Foundation work is going on. Different, different foundations are being set. Stuck at the foundation level, nothing is being built. And you know what is happening? There is no order. There is no order. God is not able to do anything. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. There are certain things which is not an option. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. No pleasure in him. says, don't draw back. Keep moving. Keep building. Keep building. Keep building. And we have to keep building. And building to what? Keep your eye on the head. Okay, Christ. Ephesians 4, 15. Ephesians. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in, not some things, all things into him who is head. Just just imagine, just imagine, I was a child and I was growing, my feet didn't grow much, legs didn't grow much, my hands didn't grow much, only my upper body grew and reached this side. How odd would I look? Two little small legs, two little hands and a long upper body. But I have reached my height. What's your height? Five, six. You look funny, but what is funny? You are also five, six, I am also five, six. But look at my legs and your legs. My legs are proper. You have two little two inch legs and two inch arms and the rest of the upper body is five feet, five inches. Grow up in all things. Some people are very patient, but no kindness. Right. You have to, you have to look at the whole world, and you will see. See, Lord, <laughs> make me patient and make me kind. Make me patient and make me kind. You have to balance. See. By the time you come to class, after class 10, you can choose your options. But till class 10, we want you to be good in all subjects. Right? Because those are foundations. Till class 10 is your foundation. After that, you decide how you are going to build. There are foundations. In the kingdom of God, there is a whole subjects which are called compulsory. It's not optional. Not sure. Grow up in all things into him 
who is the head so we have a model we have a purpose and we are looking and growing for that what do we need we need order without order these things are not possible colossians chapter 2 verse 10 2 and verse 10 and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power in him when we grow up in that order in him you have we and you we have power over powers of darkness because he is the head of all principality and power authority over the demonic is dependent upon how much you have grown in christ because christ is the one who has power not you you know christ is the one who has power and there you have to be very very careful in these things colossians 2:16 to 19 let no one judge you in food or in drink or regard a festival or a new moon or sabbath which are a shadow of things to come but the substance is of christ there is the shadow and the substance okay let no one cheat you of your reward taking delight in false humility and worship of angels intruding into those things which he has not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind you have a fleshly mind a carnal mind not holding fast to the head that is what order does if you do not have order you will not stand fast to the head fast to the head fast to the head that order that order okay that order is that imagine you don't have this order of praying and studying your word you don't have that order okay so now something terrible happens to you you are depressed and you need an answer but you have no hope because you are depressed you don't want to pray at all but who gives you the answer it's god you know order okay have no order at all these order will work it's like the soldier right it does not matter what is happening in his home or anything beep it's up and he gets the orders for that day not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by the joints and ligaments grow with increase that is from god the increase comes from god no increase do not circumvent this way do not circumvent this when we will see that is why we focus so much on how you deal with your children when they are small that is that time god is not telling them to give them great knowledge give them great discipline knowledge will come later you need discipline and the thing is that well, but now i came to the lord when i was 40 years old you may think it doesn't matter one of the things fundamental things i will tell you one of the things when you by the time you're 40 40 let's say you had no discipline you had no order now you come to the kingdom of god and you look lord what do i do i came lord god says you know what there's something about you which is different from the child your will is very strong child will is very weak and adults will is very strong and with your will you can bring order can bring order you choose the child cannot be told to choose cannot be told to choose it okay put a child over there show a balloon to look there show another balloon to look there it has no will very weak but you can choose lord i have an issue i want to fast for 7 days and i want to break it god says i am with you lord i have this issue i have struggled with this for 21 years okay fast 21 days i am with you and you break it and you realize you move because your will is very strong and you have to learn to use your will with a child you have to mold its will the entire purpose of discipline a child is to mold its will towards obedience and then it grows up its will has been molded 
in the right direction. But we already have a will which we use for all. There's nobody who's grown up who's, an, who's got a weak will. Even the most lazy fellow who sleeps 20 hours a day, his will is very strong in sleeping. Who can watch 15 movies a day, his will is very strong in that because he's making choices. He's already clearly figured out the genre he's going to watch, what kind of movies he's going to watch tomorrow, he's already figured. His will is very strong. <laughs> so don't tell me anybody's will is not there. Will is very strong. And you make your choices using your will and God is for you. But the problem is not, the question is never whether God is for you. The question is whether are you for yourself. <laughs> when you look at the eternity, you know, when you look at eternity, are you for yourself is the question. Okay, so that is what God is talking about. To those who believe, okay, First Peter 2, 7. To those who believe, to those who believe, he is precious. Okay, those who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, can we go to, to KJV? Because I believe the translation is wrong. Unto you, therefore, which he is precious, but unto them which disobeyed in the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. Okay, actually it is called capstone. Capstone. We don't, we don't get it. The capstone is not the cornerstone. The building that God is building, the, the shape of the building is a pyramid. It's a pyramid. That is where the founding fathers got the whole idea. This is what he is building. Do you see? That's the capstone with the eye over there. They actually, it was occult, but the actual other side, the believers understood this is Christ as the capstone. He is the cornerstone and he is the head, the capstone. Are you getting it? It's the pyramid. Got it? Did you see? This is why it is. Why do you think America is under attack? America is under attack because two forces have been working in the U.S. for their 400 years history. Good and evil. And came in the same boat. Like Ham, Sham and... Um, <laughs> not Sham, Sham and Tafet. <laughs> came in the same boat. The Freemasons and the believers came in the same boat. Okay, They created the same structure with different purposes. One for good, one for evil. Okay, so when they are talking about if Jesus is the cornerstone and Jesus is the capstone, the only figure you will get is a pyramid. It's a pyramid. Okay, so if you are going to have a pyramid structure in eternity, New Jerusalem is going to be a pyramid structure, that also means there is hierarchy. Depending upon how faithful you were on earth, that's where you reach. I'm leaving it there. We don't fight over that because we ourselves may fight and say I will be at the top and end up at the bottom. <laughs> so wait for the day of revelation. So to those who believe, he is precious. Okay. Are you getting it? Those who believe, he is precious. So they are working towards the headstone. Cornerstone is there. They are not satisfied with the cornerstone. Okay, I am saved. Now I am growing into my salvation until I fit into the head. That is why in that pyramid the head is slightly detached. You have to grow up and fit into the head. The head has to come and so America is this nation 
you know, founded on God. And we will grow and it will fit in Christ. will. That was their entire vision was that a nation under God. Okay. They wanted to create the new Jerusalem. America has a vision was that to create a new Israel, a land of the free to worship and to serve God. So they created that icon. The Freemasons used that to bring the other thing in. Okay, so understand where these things come from. So there is a cornerstone and there is a capstone. That is why we spend so much time in the word. People don't understand why we spend so much time in the word. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John 1, 1 and verse 3. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Verse 3. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Hebrews uh, 1, 3. No, 11, 3. 11, 3. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen, which were not made of things which are visible. Colossians 1.16 For him, by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities or power. All things were created through him and for him. Hebrews 1.3 Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So you realize everything was done by, for and through the word of God. Jesus is given to us as the word of God. So if I need order, God has given me something by which order will be. Because I need a model. See, even Jesus came in the flesh, is in the volume of the book it is written. So we have been given a book. We have given a book. What is the purpose of this book? In terms of order. It is through this book I understand what is the order. But that alone is not enough. I need two things. I need a teacher and I need power. John chapter 16 verses 13 and 14. Okay. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth about all things. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. You know what the Holy Spirit, he never talks about himself. Because he is not our model. Because we cannot understand the Spirit of God. We can understand Jesus. He became flesh and dwelt among us. His life is our model. So the Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus Christ and says, this is the way you need to be and I will empower you. So that's why Jesus says, you read the scriptures, but you didn't see me. What do you read the scriptures for? Why do we study the life of Noah? To find the life of Christ in Noah. Why do we study the life of Abraham? To see the life of Christ in Abraham. And that's what Peter says. All these prophets had the spirit of God and they were pointing to Christ. And he has appeared to us. So we are the most blessed generation of all generations because we are in the last generation. We have much more revelation of Jesus Christ through the word, through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. So you look at it and say, Lord, I want to model myself according to that. This is the model. This is how we work out order. 
Now God is just not giving you a random this thing, okay, try whatever you want and at the end I will tell you whether I like it or not. He's not giving any random choices. It's all very clear. I am the word. And I have given you my word. I have given you my spirit. That's how God's order is established in a believer's life. A child can grow into a young man in the kingdom of God only if he allows the word to work in him and bring God's order in his life. First John 2 verses 12 to 14. All of us, as many as who received him, he gave him the power to be the sons of God. That word used over there is a child, a small infant child. I write to you little children, okay? These are the children. Because your sins are forgiven, you for his name's sake. What do children know? Only forgiveness of sins. Infants know only their mummy sorry, daddy sorry, okay, happy gone. That's all. Sorry, go. Okay, because you have known him who is from the beginning, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. What is the nature of the young ones, the young men? They have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the father. Verse 14, I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And your first is you have overcome the wicked one. But how did you overcome the wicked one? Because the word of God abides in you. You are strong because the, so the word of God has to bring that order in our lives. Order in our lives. If you don't, you will remain as children. Psalm 119 verse 9 and then verse 89. Verse 9. I have hidden. How can a young man cleanse his way? How does an infant become a young man? By taking heed according to your word. The word of God will tell you. You take heed according to the word. The spirit of God will show you. Okay. This battle against temptation, this battle against flesh, the battle against the world, the battle against the enemy. What is the, our defense is the word of God. How does the infant who keeps on failing and knows only the forgiveness of sin become a young man who defeats the wicked one because he understands the word of God. And in Psalm 18, verse 89, forever, o, o Lord, your word is settled even. Why can we go back to the word always and find? Because it's settled, forever settled. It's not going to change. Like they will say, like, no, now, Senate will begin the drama of trying to get a judge. Oh, it's going to be crazy. I'm telling you, watch out and see. It's going to be crazy. The nomination. They will come in their crowds. They will lay siege to the Congress. They will not allow the senators to get in every kind of crazy stuff they will do. But one of the questions, the judge who is nominated, either it's going to be Amy or the other lady, one of this Hispanic or the white lady, one of these two ladies is going to be nominated, I guess. The question they're going to ask is about Roe versus Wade. People don't realize this entire election is about abortion. Why do you think they fight? What difference does it make who is the Supreme Court judge? Okay, if he's a conservative, what happens? It's about abortion. Yeah, it's about abortion. Because that case will come back. There are many cases in the lower courts which will come back. It's about abortion. It's about LGBTQ, whether religious exemption to the other. This is about it. This fight is not, this election is about life, not about economics. 
Okay. So one of the questions they will ask is a row versus weight, and they expect an answer saying, "We believe it is settled law." But I'm sorry, the word of God is settled in heaven. Everything that is settled here, it is not settled according to that will be unsettled by God one day. That is where our hope. That's why God says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony, and they were not afraid even unto death. Why? You are willing to die for something that is settled in heaven and not settled on earth. That's how a young man defeats the devil. The defeats the defeat, the defeats the wicked one doesn't mean you did not die, but you die believing for the right thing. Okay, that's how he brings his order. His life is ordered by the word of God. Word of God. It is there. We don't change the word of God. We allow the word of God to change us. Okay. Babies or infants are decided not by age in the church. They are decided by their attitude to the word of God. Hebrews 5 and verse 13. Infants or children in the kingdom. You can be 80 years old and be a child. Everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a baby. No? Meaning if you are still hearing only the elementary teachings, repentance, faith towards God, what are you? You are a baby. And what happens? You are unskilled in the word of Righteousness. In God's kingdom, it does not matter how long you were in the kingdom of God. You are only considered a, a baby. Because you have not allowed that order to come into your life through the word of God. Adulthood in the kingdom of God is not determined by how old we are. Or how long we have been in the church. Spiritual maturity is determined by how skillful we are with the word of righteousness. In our personal lives, not preaching, personal lives. In the natural, we know babies cause disorder. Because they are focused on their needs. And the same is true in Christian homes or churches of believers who refuse to grow up. They create disorder. They create disorder. They don't know how to handle the word of God, word of righteousness. Galatians chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. What is the time appointed by the father? You need to reach the maturity. How long will you keep it like that? Till you grow. A lot of people enter in the kingdom of God and exit also the same way. There is a time appointed by God. The time is to grow. And if you don't grow, the Father keeps you under the guardianships. How? All of eternity. All of eternity. You know? The angels are hoping for a free time when we reach there. But most of the angels will be working overtime because infants got in. We are supposed to rule over the angels. If you reach the maturity, in the end, we will be put under them. Because God says, you cannot be handled responsibility. Because you are not responsible. So, you have to be under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. So, you need to realize, sir, 
Genesis chapter 15, 2 and 3. Remember when God comes to Abraham? 2, 3, 4. Yeah. Lord God, what will you give me seeing that I go childless and the heir of my house is Elias of Damascus? Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. What did God say? And the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. He says, no, no your slave is not going to be your heir. We're getting it wrong. <laughs> Abraham, you are representative of me on earth. You're planning to make your slave your heir? You realize even in the kingdom of God, slaves don't inherit. There's no difference between an infant and a slave. They don't inherit. Though you think everything will go to Eliezer, it will not go to Eliezer. A slave cannot inherit. An infant cannot be in, inherit in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, a child and this slave are of the same category, same status. They cannot inherit. We don't realize we are playing with eternity. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 5. Moses was indeed faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But verse 6. But but Christ as a son over his own house. God is saying, what are you? A slave to your passions or a son of the father? What is the difference between a slave Slave. A child is a slave, a slave to its own passions. So he lost his control and smote the rock and God said, you cannot enter. You cannot enter. You cannot enter. You didn't rise to the level of a son who was zealous for the father's name. The first thing you hear about Joseph is he's zealous for his father's name. The first act of Jesus in the temple is zealous for his father's name. The slave lost his anger. Son doesn't. Okay. So the first thing a child needs to grow up as a young man is order. As we close, Psalm 119 and verse 133. Yeah. 133. Direct my steps by your word. Can can we have a KJV? Order my steps in thy word. Without the word, I cannot have order. Like I said, you cannot have order without rules. That's why it says law and order. Like, I need order in my life. What order? Everywhere God has order. Okay? God first. Head of Christ is God. Head of man is Christ. Head of woman is man. So there's an order there. Everywhere there is an order. So how do you get this order? How do I order my steps, O Lord? How? By your word. And let not iniquity have dominion. If I don't have order, what will have dominion over me? Iniquity will have dominion over me. See, one disorder in David's life brought, iniquity took dominion. He just lost his discipline. He lost his order. And it's very clearly written over there that at a time when kings go to war, that is the order. David stayed at home. Disorder. Resulted in iniquity taking over his house. Okay, one little disorder. Because God can't circumvent this loss for people he loves. <laughs> you know, for, for, whatever his word is settled in the 
heavens. So God is saying, you know what, first thing we need to realize is if you are a young person in the Lord, but older in age, say, Lord, I want order. Can I have Isaiah 9, 7, KJV? I'm not about sure about NKJV, so let's see NKJV. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. This is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to to order it. God says, Lord, I want your government. God says, I'll bring my order. Government functions only when there is order. When there is disorder, government cannot function. Then it is mobs on the streets, mob rule. What is the function? First function of the government is to bring order. That's, that's the first function of the, the, that's when we pray for leaders. What are we praying for? Order. So that we have the peace to preach the gospel. Now the first thing God wants to do us is create that order in our life. Like I use that simple example every time. When our kids go to school, when our kids go to school and we send them to school, the first thing they are learning is no subject. First thing they are learning is order. First thing school begins at 8. You need to be there in through the gate by 8. By 8. If you are late, you are outside. Okay, Inside classes, outside you are in the marketplace. Why? First thing they are teaching you is, first thing that God wants to teach us is what? Order. Okay, In the natural, the spiritual, first thing is order. You have to come on time. Second thing they need to realize, they teach you is, you have to wear your uniform. What is the purpose of uniform? First, so that you have order in how you wear. Second thing, you don't cause distractions. Distractions. Okay? Because the whole idea is, you're fixed on a purpose. What are you coming to school for? To study. And when you're studying, you should not be distracted. So what happened in the schools? <sighs> no? Because parents don't have order, what do they do? The rich man's uh, son comes in uh, shoes, which is worth 5,000 rupees. And the poor man's boy is in the same black shoes, which is 250 rupees. Now the fellow is always pointing to your shoe is like this, my shoe is like this, my clothes quality. Says, so what happened? The school took over the uniform. So that everybody wears the same thing. Forget the corruption involved in that. Leave that alone. But what was the whole idea? Don't forget your purpose. You're not coming here to show off your clothes. Show off your clothes. Then the school started bringing. When birthday celebrations, no gifts for the teachers. No ostentatious celebrations. What are they trying to do? Instill order, order, order. Because if you don't have order, you will forget what you are here for. You're forgetting your purpose. You're here for a season. You will come in in class one, get out of class in those 10 years. If you have order and you learn your subject, you can go out to the world and be successful. And today what we do, we took all that order out. Especially in the western nations. You have to see how the kids go to school. No order, no discipline. No wonder you have mobs on the street. Mobs on the street. No order. School, home, church, everywhere. Church also disorder. Come as you wish. It doesn't matter. No, tell us how you want us to change the service. They're bringing disorder <laughs> into God's house. So you see the enemy has succeeded in his plans. He's brought disorder. And out of disorder will come chaos. And it doesn't matter how much anointing you have, like Samson, he'll ultimately end, take you and make you a slave of the Philistines. Why? Why? Was it because he did not have anointing? 
was there any lack of anointing? No, lack of discipline. He had no order in his life. We are praying for anointing where God is saying, can I have some order please? Can I have some order please? I know, and it doesn't matter how old you are. One of the things about age is that you can, and God is for you. One of the fundamental things you need to realize is God is for you. But use your will to make the right choices. Right choices. And it begins with the outer code. So when we preach about food and all, people get offended. It does not matter. A hundred people get offended. One picks the truth and he runs his race and realizes. And Paul will say, if you want to look at it, First uh, Corinthians 9. Let's look at the outer codes as we finish. Right? 9.27? 25 to 27. 25 to 27. 9.25 to 27. This is, this is an apostle. Right? Every man that strives for mastery, okay, let's go to NKJV, otherwise our new kids will struggle. Okay. Everyone who competes for the price is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. So he says, when I offer my body to the Lord for service, it is acceptable to him. Why do you think God used that man more than any man in history? Because he had a body. Outer courts was perfect. Whatever with what he was born, he was not a tall man. They say he was short and bald and slightly blind and all. But God said, that's okay. Will you offer it discipline to me? Will you offer it to me? Bring it into subjects. Lest when I have preached to others, meaning a gift is working, like Samson, I should become disqualified. Here he is talking about the outer shell, the outer courts. He is not even talking about the holy place. Okay, That's where it begins. It begins one by one. Once you put your body into shape, okay, once your body bring that control to your body, next is your mind. What is that you hear? What is that you read? You make very, very clear choices where you go, where you won't go. What you will watch, what you won't watch. What you will read and what you will not read. What are you doing? You are making a disciplined choice about your soul. What you will say and what you will not say. How you will say and how you will not say. You are making disciplined choices because you realize, you know what? This has got to do with eternity. This has got to do with eternity. No, that's why about Jesus Christ, it is said it, there was no deceit found in his tongue. Meaning he was a perfect man in the use of words. Use of words. He was a perfect man. That's his, that's the discipline of the soul. Discipline of the soul. You know, you have to, that's, that is where uh, Moses lost it. He lost it. Jesus never lost it. As a slave, Moses lost it. As a son, Jesus never lost it. And you ask, who's got more right to lose it? The son. A slave is a slave. The son is a son. The son can lose it if you want. But the son never lost it. Son never lost it. Okay, therefore he has greater honor. That's what God is talking about. Keep your eye on the rewards. The rewards, eyes haven't seen, no ears heard. You cannot even imagine. Even Hollywood's best director cannot imagine. Anyway, we saw the DNC production by Hollywood. They are terrible. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, even the, you cannot imagine what God is preparing. So you look at that, that's what you're talking about, the imperishable crown. You're running for that. And he says, otherwise I myself should be 
should be be a caste. I will be disqualified. Not from the kingdom of heaven, from the crown. If you qualify for salvation, then it's your works. He's not talking about that. He says, I'll make it to heaven, but I will lose my crown. Why? Because I did not have discipline. Did not have discipline. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we are all in this race, Lord, and so far to go, Father, so far to go. So many areas your spirit shows we need to be disciplined, Lord. With our eyes, with our ears, with our tongue, in our eating habits, our sleeping habits, our praying habits, our working habits, our studying habits. Everywhere, Lord, your discipline comes in, your order comes in. For there is order in your courts. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of order. The government is on your shoulders. You have put the government on your son's shoulders to put this universe back in order. And it begins with us, Lord. It doesn't begin with the world. That's why the Bible says judgment begins in the house of God. You are trying to put your house in order first. Help us to hear, to listen, to obey and align ourselves to the order of the Holy Spirit. That we don't remember, remain forever as infants, but we will become young men and young women. Because the word of God is strong in us, it abides in us. Therefore we have defeated the wicked one. Daily we defeat. Help us towards that end, O oh Lord. Commit your church who is listening worldwide, in India, here, everywhere, into thy hands. Help us, Lord. Help us. We know it is difficult. It is not easy. Because the spirit contends against the flesh, and the flesh fights and contends against the spirit. But you said, through the spirit, we can put to death the works of the flesh. Spirit of God, we give you control, Lord. We give you control. Help us to make the right choices. Today, Lord, not tomorrow. Today, starting today. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Be with us. Go before us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.